Public enemies fight the power as an earworm in 17-year-old Sean Fanning's head. If he knew what lay ahead for him, it would have been his personal theme song, too. But right now, he's surfing the web, clicking through links on yahoo.com and mp3.com, because in 1998, it's still internet light years before YouTube or Google. He's trying to find an mp3 version of the song, a digital music file on someone's site that he can download. Sean finds himself on a very basic web page. Looks like some stranger's personal homepage. And there it is. Fight the Power, alongside a bunch of other public enemy songs. Sean puts it together. This stranger must have bought the public enemy CD, ripped it on their computer, and posted the files. At Tower Records, this CD sells for 14 or 15 bucks. But here's the whole album, free for anyone with a computer. It's not just about sharing songs. This is something bigger. There's an opportunity here. Sean clicks through and copies the file to his own hard drive. But all this searching, clicking, and poking around people's files, does it really have to be so damn hit and miss? There's got to be a better way. The question needles him as he makes his way to a class at Harwich High School. He's taking programming and decides to put the question to his teacher. You know how when you search for an MP3 you get links, but a lot of them are dead and don't play the song? Sure. Well, why couldn't you have a search engine that tests that? It could click through on its own, at least to see if there really is an MP3 file, even if it isn't the right one. Yes, but you could have a web crawler trained to hunt for just one kind of file. That would probably take a lot of servers to bring them back, though, and a lot of bandwidth, and it would still probably be pretty slow. Okay, but, but what if people opted in? Like they could go to a website and volunteer that they have certain songs to swap for free with other people. Well, that would certainly make it easier. But you'd still have to figure out how to attract them to your site, right? I could do that. And what if it gets popular? If you aren't going to charge people money, you're going to need a lot of bandwidth to allow people to get on the site and then download. And that's going to cost an incredible amount of money. Well, what if I don't host the songs? What if everyone keeps them on their own computers and I just index them? You know, I provide the place where they can meet each other. I get out of the picture and let them download. Sure, I guess in theory that would work, but... If it was that simple, someone in Silicon Valley or an experienced programmer would have already done it by now, don't you think? Or they will soon enough. That's just it, Sean thinks to himself. It's such a no-brainer, this file-sharing idea, that he just knows someone will find a better way soon enough. But why can't that someone be him? While people keep telling him it won't work, Sean keeps asking, why not? The technical obstacles can be worked out, but it turns out the biggest challenge won't be technical, it'll be personal, very personal. What if the experience of driving a luxury vehicle wasn't limited to just inside your car, but extended out into the world around you? Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC with a suite of social tech capability that connects the world inside to the world outside. With Amazon Alexa enabled with Sync 3 AppLink, 
you have access to all the skills and services you get on your Echo. Alexa is activated by the sound of your voice. Alexa, what's the weather like tomorrow? Currently, it's 46 And responds using your car's speakers. With Waze integration that appears right on the nav screen, you'll transform traffic jam streets into clear roads. Got a load of friends? Keep them connected with a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once with Lincoln Connect. With the 2019 Lincoln MKC, life gets a little easier from the moment you leave home to the moment you return. Alexa, open my garage door. Okay. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and AppLink software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving. iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc., registered in the U.S. and other countries. The 2019 Lincoln MKC. Learn more at lincoln.com slash Wondery. That's lincoln.com slash W-O-N-D-E-R-Y. From Wondery. I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. In our last episode, we got a glimpse of the existential threat that Sean Fanning and his Napster cohorts will eventually pose to the record labels. The Napster team has some serious kinks to work out, but eventually they'll burn a great big hole right through the music industry in New York and Los Angeles. You're listening to Episode 2, Silicon Valley or Bust. But first, Sean's still got to get out of Massachusetts. It's 1998 and he's working on his file-sharing idea in his Uncle John's office. While Sean's family was on welfare, his father was absent, and John became a father figure to him, encouraging Sean's interest in computers. John Fanning's office is an old house, converted into an office for his startup, Chess.net. With $500,000 from investors, he's hired some smart techies from Carnegie Mellon University, known for its top-flight technology programs. Chess.net becomes one of the most popular chess sites in the world, and John offers his nephew a gig as an intern. He's given Sean a Mac, and the teen has immersed himself in learning to code, picking up tips from the other employees. Sean doesn't pay much attention to the business side of things, which may be just as well, perhaps, because if he did, he'd hear employees bitching a lot when his uncle is away from the office. Hey, I tried to cash a check from John, but it bounced. How am I supposed to pay the freaking rent? I hear you. It's not just us. A bunch of vendors are calling and demanding money. Is this normal at startups? I mean, I have stock in this place, but I don't see how it survives if we don't pay the bills. Hey, you gonna stick around? Hell no! I'm out of here when school starts up again. There are other clues that something is not right at chess.net. Clues that go beyond paychecks. The books are in terrible shape. One of Sean's young engineer friends at the company, Ali Adar, is so upset that he demands that John take him to see the company's outside bookkeeper. When Adar looks at the paper trail, he's appalled. 
There's no firewall between John's business and personal accounts. He sees transfers back and forth between John's personal accounts and the parent company, and between the parent company and building supply firms, just as John is refurbishing his house. And in 1999 alone, John loses two personal default judgments to creditors totaling more than $40,000. Rather than pay one of them, John hides from the sheriff's deputies trying to serve him with an order to appear in court. He ducks them at least eight times. Sean is not paying much attention to this kind of self-dealing, and John distracts him from coding by badgering his nephew to play computer games with him. More than once, Sean wonders, is this a normal way to run a business? But he doesn't spend much time thinking about that because he's obsessed with figuring out this file-sharing thing. The employees at chess.net turn him on to something called Internet Relay Chat, or IRC. IRC offers conversation rooms or channels for everyone, from those working out highly technical software issues to hackers who just want to blow off steam. If someone could help Sean figure out how to get users to connect with each other, it'd be an IRC hacker. Of course, that comes with its own set of risks. But Sean feels he can handle them. His favorite channels attract people interested in computer security, and he finds one with like-minded teenage go-getters. Once again, he's the new kid on the block, but after establishing his coding cred, Sean gets invited to an elite channel called Woo Woo. That's W-0-0-W-0-0. It's a small group, about 30 people all told. Sometimes those chatting online are teenagers, and sometimes they're established engineers already working for big Silicon Valley companies who still care about helping younger versions of themselves. Some in the group are eager to help Fanning find a solution. One of them is Jordan Ritter, a young security professional who lives nearby in Boston. Sean will soon turn to him to help code Napster's servers. Two more of this small group will become billionaires, including Jan Kuhn, who eventually co-founds WhatsApp and sells it to Facebook. Still others are criminals, and all are curious and helpful to one another, even this new kid, Sean. They haven't worked out all the coding kinks, but they all know that Sean is on to something. It's the fall of 1998. Sean is a freshman at Boston's Northeastern University, where his roommate is on a computer and showing signs of frustration. Why can't I do this? How hard can it be to find an MP3? I've been thinking the same thing. The technology's all available, really. It's just in pieces. There's no reason someone couldn't put it all together. Uh-huh. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but it's doable. Well, let me know when you do it. And Sean thinks, really thinks, about how to fix it. The idea he had earlier in the year still makes sense to him. It involves massive indexing of thousands of songs. But the index would constantly be changing as computers log in and out. So the challenge is figuring out how to connect one computer user looking for a certain song to another user who has that song, then let those two interact by themselves. Sean makes a mental inventory of what's needed. 
Just to manage the index and the initial matchmaking, he's going to need a lot of very expensive bandwidth. And if it works and really takes off, the demand will only be greater. He's going to need lots of routers and servers to handle the heavy traffic. Sean works relentlessly, missing more and more classes. He comes up with a prototype, but he just can't quite make it work. When he goes back over the program, he sees that he made a coding mistake. He just needs more time to fix it. In January 1999, his cousin drops him off back at Northeastern. Hey, thanks. Appreciate the ride. No problem. Sean starts walking to his dorm, then stops. He turns around and walks back to the car where his cousin is fiddling with something. He looks up and sees Sean. Hey, what's up, man? I'm not going to go back to school. What? You're crazy. I got to finish this. I mean, if I stay, I'm going to do 50% of two things, and I'm not going to be satisfied with either. I got to pick. And the music thing has to be now. I mean, if I don't do it, somebody else probably will figure it out and do it first. And then I'd hate myself. Oh, man, your mom's going to freak. Yes, she will. That's the worst part. But I'm going to know pretty soon whether this works or not. And if it doesn't, eh, I'll go back to school. He knows he's taking a risk. We hear about the Silicon Valley million and billionaires and their over-the-top lifestyles. But there are tons of other people who throw in the towel after months or years living off pizza and Gatorade in flophouse conditions. Sean knows there's a good chance he could end up like that. But the way Sean sees it, he doesn't have a choice. His brain is on fire. There's a really great book by David Byrne and the Talking Heads called How Music Works. It sets out to explain the workings of music from ancient history all the way up to now. It's really fascinating, all the more so, because it comes from an industry insider's perspective. And would you believe I made it through this great title in just about, oh, 15 minutes or so. I did it with Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes, all on your phone. The Blinkist library is massive, from timeless classics like Think and Grow Rich to current bestsellers like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You want to try out Blinkist for yourself? Well, right now you can go to Blinkist.com BW to start your free trial or get three months off your yearly plan when you join today. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I. N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash B-W, to start your free trial or get three months off your yearly plan. Blinkist.com slash B-W. A lot of people make grand resolutions for the new year, and we all know how well that usually works out. Stand out from the crowd. Don't wait until some arbitrary day on the calendar to start that new business or launch your blog or make a beautiful place to showcase your work. Get started today, right now with a beautiful website from Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can choose from an incredible array of templates created by world-class designers, which means that from step one, your website will look polished and professional. And you have the ability to customize look and feel, settings, and more with just a few clicks. And if you get stuck or you need a little help, Squarespace's 24-7 customer support is right there for you every step of the way. So, what are you waiting for? If you can dream it, 
you can make it happen with Squarespace. All you have to do is go to squarespace.com BW for a free trial. And if you'd like to support this show, then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code BW to save 10% on your first website or domain. That's squarespace.com BW. Offer code BW. Sean doesn't even tell his roommates he's leaving for fear that they'll try to talk him out of quitting school. Growing up, Sean hated hearing his parents and other grown-ups fight, and he hates conflict now. Easier just to disappear home for a few months and then show them something amazing. That way, they'll understand. Sean codes in streaks, often days at a time. He's drinking so much double-caffeinated Red Bull that he starts hallucinating and calls the cops because he's worried about an empty parked car that seems menacing to him. After a month, he drops in on the Woo-Woo channel. He's come up with a brilliant invention that allows users to search for and copy songs stored on another's computer. Sean types, Hey guys, I wrote something for sharing music. Would you check it out? Ritter writes back. What are you going to do with it? Is it free? Sean responds. I think so. Yeah, that way we get more people, and so there's more music, and that brings more people. So, are you just being nice? Well, maybe I'll charge for something later, or sell ads or t-shirts. That would be better. Several members of the group download his first version and play around with it. It sputters and sometimes crashes, but his IRC friends are blown away by the idea. Ritter and others send Sean tips. Every few days, Sean sends around a new and improved version. In the very beginning, there isn't even a central index. You just connect to another computer and check out what music is on offer. Sort of like opening up someone's refrigerator and rummaging around looking for salami. Right now, it's just Sean and three other users. One of them sends Sean a private email. Do you realize that this is going to change everything? Sean writes back, Yeah, I know. There is so much discussion about the Napster program on WooWoo that Sean starts a new IRC channel, Napster. The critiques and revisions keep coming. Ritter was skeptical at the start, but now he's a true believer. Sean has given one colleague on WooWoo access to Napster's server, but he's gunked it up with too much security, slowing it down. That annoys Ritter, and he hounds Sean into turning it over to him, which Sean does. Ritter works for a security company by day, and at night he plays around rewriting the server code to make it easier for users to connect. Soon, the beta version of the server is attracting friends, and friends of friends, and... Their friends, among them, is Sean Parker. Parker's intelligence is hard to miss. His father started teaching him computer programming on an Atari 800 when he was just seven years old. In high school in Herndon, Virginia, Parker won a local science fair, and things became less benign after that. In his teens, Parker hacked his way into the computer networks of companies around the world, This caught the attention of the FBI, and he was forced to do community service with other teenage offenders at the local library. Charming, fast-thinking, and sure of himself, Parker is working at the internet provider UUNet, 
but he's been hooked by Napster. He knows this will be big. And all these guys are busy trying to make Sean's project work as intended. It's not finished, but it's already growing fast. Maybe too fast. Everyone's looking for music, connecting and downloading tunes for free. It's getting really jammed, like a big crowd of people trying to get through a single turnstile. Things slow down so much that Sean worries people won't come back. He's going to need a bigger network of routers and servers, and that won't come cheap. Napster needs money. Sean doesn't know who to turn to to raise capital. He figures John knows business and appreciates technology, so Sean overlooks things, like the questionable ways that John moves money around between himself and his businesses. Nonetheless, John is all that Sean has. He's family, after all, and has helped Sean a lot. So, Sean asks him to help set up his business. In May 1999, John draws up formal articles of incorporation for Napster Incorporated, and then he tells his nephew to sign some papers. Sean is excited. It's the beginning of making his obsession into something real. But as he reviews the documents, John tells him about a part that makes his stomach drop. He can't believe it. John says Sean only gets 30% of the company while John gets 70%. How can this be happening? Sean is shocked and hurt. This doesn't make sense. I created this software program. Why would you do this, Uncle John? It's all about getting investors. No one is going to invest in a company controlled by a teenager. Come on. He tells his nephew that when the new investors come in, he'll sell some of his stake. Sean is new to this whole investment world, but he understands what John is doing. In other words, Sean thinks to himself, you sell and get out with the money, and I don't. But seeing no other path forward, Sean signs the papers. Afterwards, he tells the one person he knows with a head for business, his friend from Internet Relay Chat, Sean Parker. When Parker hears about the arrangement... He's worried. Sean, what exactly did you sign? Actually, I'm not sure. Whatever it was, he's hoping John's stake will go down soon. His uncle and Parker set up meetings with people who can tap wells of money. They are racing to build out Sean's fledgling company before someone else does. But the real risk isn't from a competitor. Perhaps even worse than the looming war with the labels is the threat from within their ranks. On the next episode of Napster versus the record labels, the Napster team heads to Silicon Valley where they're running on adrenaline and goodwill. The brass ring is within their grasp and they'd be happy to work something out with the labels. But that doesn't matter to the music industry chiefs who would much rather bury these upstarts. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. Just tap or swipe over the cover art. 
You'll also see some offers from our sponsors, and we hope you'll support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Another way you can support us is to answer a short survey at Wondery.com survey. And don't forget to tell us what business war stories you'd like to hear. Just a quick note about the conversations you've been listening to. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Joseph Men, the author of All the Rave, The Rise and Fall of Sean Fanning's Napster, wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Jenny Lauer is our producer. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondering.